The following audio is from All Saints Church. For more information about the church, please visit our website at allsaintsgb.org. It's a psalm of David. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. This is God's word. The loudest praise often comes from the lowest place. The most grateful statements often come from the most grievous circumstances. A thank you from the bottom of our hearts often comes from the one rescued from the bottom of a hell. I want you to think back on a time in which you give, gave thanks from the bottom of your heart, with all your heart, as David said. Where it poured out of you with tears, with volume, with repetition. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What was the reason for so much thanks? My guess is that someone did something that served you in a way you couldn't serve yourself. That you were helped when you couldn't help yourself. You were maybe even saved when you couldn't save yourself. Thanksgiving is lifted up when grace has flowed down. In February of 2000, Mozambique had its largest rainfall in a half a century. By March 2nd, there were an estimated 100,000 people who needed to be evacuated from flood-drenched lands. And around 7,000 people were trapped in trees, hanging on for dear life to avoid the floodwaters. 7,000 people stuck in trees. One Mozambique minister named Samuel Naftal gave thanks as he clung to a tree. And what did he give thanks to God for? Mosquitoes. They were saving his life. 
Samuel, along with 16 other people, clung tightly to the limbs of these trees for two days, watching below them bodies, televisions, furniture, dead animals float beneath them. He began to preach to all of the tree clingers a psalm of thanksgiving, saying this, Thank you, God, for making mosquitoes. For without their constant irritation, buzzing, and biting, we would have fallen asleep and in sleeping fallen into the sweeping tide of that deadly floodwater. A grace found in the form of pesky mosquitoes has flowed down and gratitude was lifted up. But the opposite, grumbling, ingratitude, griping. When do these words come off of our lips? Words like, ah, I can't stand this. I can't stand that or I can't stand them. Or words like, I can't wait till this or that or them is over. Or I can't believe I have to put up with this or that or them. When are these words off of our lips? I think it's when we think ourselves higher than helpless. When we claim independence from being dependent. When we believe the lie that says, God helps those who help themselves. Sure, we might all still be clinging to trees while the floodwaters are beneath us. But instead of asking for help, guess what we do? We help ourselves to the last remaining fruit on the branches. We climb on the heads of those beneath us to get to the highest perch. We inspire ourselves and others with Iron Man or Wonder Woman statements like, I can rise above this, or I'm going to hang on as long as I can, or I don't even need anyone to help me. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm good enough to do this myself. But what happens, friends, when the rain lasts for 40 days and 40 nights? When the floodwaters start to make their way to our chin and our mouth and our nose. When we're forced to admit we cannot help ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. Thanksgiving is lifted up when grace is flowed down. We're in a series in the book of Psalms, as I mentioned. We're calling Back to School. And each week we focused on part of our liturgy, the pattern of our gospel storytelling in our worship of God. We've talked about invocation as we enter into worship and stand before an authority greater than ourselves, the God of heaven and earth. And as we stand before him, we sing and we say words of adoration as we behold God in all of his glory, beauty, and majesty. And in that, as we see that we're invited by this holy God to confess our sins, knowing as we draw near to him with humility, he draws near to us. And last week, we focused on the big doings of God's compassion and commitment toward His disobedient and ungrateful children, being assured every week that no matter how far we go, God's steadfast love and faithfulness goes further. Today, we're in Psalm 138 to allow God's Word to teach us this response of thanksgiving, thanksgiving the response that is lifted up when the grace of God has flowed down. The psalm invites us to give thanks to the Lord who helps those who cannot help themselves. 
What does Psalm 138, 138 teach us about thanksgiving? How do the lyrics of 138 become our lyrics? The psalm tells us three things mainly. The first is to give thanks to God alone. The second is to give thanks from any and every throne. And finally, to give thanks even when we groan. Give thanks to God alone. Give thanks from any and every throne and give thanks even when we groan. First, give thanks to God alone. Let's look at the first three verses of this psalm to understand why we're instructed to give thanks to God alone. Why is God exclusive on this thanks? Look at verse 1. David says this, I will thank you with all my heart, with my whole heart. Before other gods, I will sing your praise. If all of David's heart, think about this for a second, if all of David's heart were giving thanks to God, how much would be left for others? None. Why is that? Why does the psalmist direct all of his heart-filled thanks to God? It's not because God is an egomaniac who's threatened when someone else gets credit for something. No, it's logic. It's logical to remember that everything we have to give thanks for comes from Him. He's the source. Everything comes from Him. This is why David is singing in the presence of other gods or other Elohims is the Hebrew word. Elohims are anyone that has been given a position of spiritual or earthly authority. He's singing thanks to God in the presence of things like angels and demons, popes and presidents, false gods and fallen governors. He's thanking God, a God who is in the highest seat of authority and who is over all of these other positions of authority. Thanksgiving exclusively belongs to the source of all things. It's the pattern you find throughout Scripture in the New Testament. Paul doesn't give thanks to the churches who strengthened him while he's been in prison. No, he gives thanks to God for giving him these churches to help him in his helplessness. I thank God for you, he says. And in verse 2, David's posture of thanks doesn't cause him to bow down before the other rulers of the day saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Instead, he bows toward Jerusalem, toward the place where he knows God dwells. He gives thanks to God's name, God's name which represents everything that God is, including his faithfulness, his trustworthiness. David has experienced the help of the Lord. And as people around him are calling upon other gods to help them in their weakness, and those gods are not answering, David in verse 3 gives thanks to a God he's called upon and actually received an answer. An answer that instills in David a boldness and a strength that in the Lord alone is the one who will answer me and help me, not these other gods. We give thanks to God exclusively, even in how He uses these other Elohims, these other authorities. When my son was in respiratory distress as a little boy, as a two-year-old, three-year-old, as a father, I was helpless. I watched him struggle sometimes to even say 
a syllable without gasping for air. And I called upon God to help him. Help my little boy. And he gave us a team of medical Elohims and Elohers to not only help him in his distress, but help him grow out of his condition. I could give them credit, the doctors and nurses, for what they did, but that credit didn't belong to them. It belongs to the God who made them and who gave them everything they needed to do their work. I want you to do something for me. I want you to take a deep breath right now. It's not a mindfulness exercise. I want you to take a deep breath right now. And I want you to thank the Spirit of God who put that breath there. And if you have asthma, thank God for giving the humans He made the wisdom from Him to figure out that something like albuterol can help relax the muscles around the lungs that God made to cause you to breathe easier. Faith is about believing that the name of God alone is the highest helper, the name above every name, and gratitude and thanksgiving is the praising of that one name. I want you to try it this week. When you have the temptation, I'll say it this way, to defraud God of thanksgiving, instead of saying thanks to someone who's helped you, would you consider saying Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Would you consider saying that and giving credit to the one name where credit is due? Thank God for you. Give thanks to God alone. And secondly, give thanks those who sit on any and every throne. See this in verses 4 to 6. David, the king of God's people, Israel. In this psalm, he's looking forward to a day when the gratitude that he's giving will be given by every king around the world. Kings are representatives of whole peoples, whole nations. And there's a hope David has in God that the blessing of answering his people's call and cry for help will not only be for them, it will be the experience of every nation in the world. And the fact that we are not Jews here this morning giving thanks to God is answered to David's prayer that all the kings of all these nations will say, thank you, Lord. For we have heard the words of God's mouth responding to save us too. And verse 5 says, we will see the sing the greatness of God's glory beyond Israel. It's us. This is the mission of God, friends, to bring every nation of the world His saving help. And He does it through this little nation called Israel. What will kings see? Verse 6 tells us. They're going to see that the Lord is high, and even in His highness, this Lord saw those of low standing. The Lord saw nations struggling in war, saw nations in famine and flood and disease and sin. And it's David's and our hope, church, that leaders of nations like Ukraine and Russia and terrorist-torn Middle East countries would not give thanks for a new leader, for a new infrastructure, for a new military conquest, but in the midst of war and famine, sin and disease, that these nations would give thanks for a God who heard the cries for help and gave them Jesus. Jesus, who would save them not from a temporary battle, but from an eternal one. Jesus, who would feed them with the bread of himself, even when they have nothing in their pantries. 
Countries who pride themselves on pride. Does that sound familiar? Countries who pride themselves on independence and self-sufficiency and not asking for help. Verse 6 reminds us that the Lord will know only from a distance. Friends, we need to pray for the mercy of God to save our country from the course we are currently on. This course of pride and independence. We need to pray and have hope that the Elohims and the Elohers of the United States will have on their lips thanksgiving that our help comes from a higher court other than the Supreme Court. Our help comes from a higher throne other than the seat of the Oval Office or Senate or the House of Representatives. But friends, we're on thrones too, aren't we? All of us have positions of influence and authority in which giving thanks for what God has said and done is possible. If you're a parent, you're a parent of a little family nation. Your kids' successes and failures are not ultimately your doing or undoing. Give thanks to God who promises to help you and your kids when you ask. If you're a student or a teacher in your little school nation, give thanks to a God who regarded you as a lowly one so that as you're a student and as your teacher, that you would also then regard the lowly ones in your nation. Little autistic Annie, or little big overweight Oscar. Offer them a helper like the Lord helped you. If you're an employee of a little corporate nation, the people you work for and who work for you are looking for more help than the help desk can offer them. Give thanks to God who prays for you by praying with and for them. There's a responsibility we all have to the thrones we're all on. If you believe you're on this throne because you made it so, get ready for the legs to fall out from under you. But if you believe you're on this throne because God helped you up there, then give thanks by seeing those of low standing like He saw you. Give thanks to God alone, those who sit on a throne. Lastly, give thanks even when you groan. Look with me at the last two verses, 7 and 8 of this psalm. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. David sounds a little more desperate, doesn't he? Verse 7 should ring a bell for us. If I walk in the midst of trouble, you will let me live. Does that sound like another one of David's songs to you? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, Psalm 23. David is giving thanks to God even in times of distress, valley, groaning, enemies. Why? Because he knows God's protection of him is not only for now, but verse 8 says, for forever. It endures forever. Even if David were to die in battle or at the enemy's hands, the Lord, verse 8 says, will avenge on my behalf. The end of the passage, the last line of this psalm, causes us to wonder 
What's going on for David when he says, do not abandon the work of your hand? David might be doubting a little bit, groaning, questioning, wondering, when is this trouble going to end? Do not abandon the work of your hand. But he holds on to the promise of God that God's work is a finished work, even while he's struggling in the midst of it. I sent this verse, verse 8, to a friend this week who's groaning through the slow and gradual loss of a parent who's been plagued with Alzheimer's. A situation in which the Lord seems absent or as if he's abandoned his mom or abandoned himself and he's watched his parent groan without words and that groaning echoes his own grief and pain as he feels in his heart, are you here, God? Do not abandon the work of your hand. Even this past week, a prayer came off my lips as a pastor. It's a way in which I would describe sometimes what the Trinity feels like. Sometimes, Lord, you feel like a distant father or a faraway friend or a silent spirit. That's how I think of the Trinity. But thankfulness causes us to exercise the muscle that in, even in sorrow, trouble, or pain, do not abandon the work of your hand. David thinks future in verse 7 with thanks. You will let me live. You will stretch out your hand of protection. Christ is so committed to his own that he would groan with us. On the cross, his first words from Psalm 22 were, My God, my God, why have you forgotten me? Why are you so far from saving me? Those were his first words. But gratitude, giving thanks to the Lord, trusting God to be who he says he's going to be, he finishes the last line of Psalm 22 with what words? It is finished. It is accomplished. Friends, in your groaning, give thanks to God that while it may appear for a season, that he's quiet, that he's left, that he's forgotten you. Give thanks that the steadfast love of the Lord finishes what he starts. That his commitment to protect and preserve you, it's not just temporary, it's eternal. Even when it's dark outside, even when you don't understand how he's going to do it, give thanks to Jesus who does understand and who does finish what God started and pray to him with thanksgiving. Lord, you will answer every call, every prayer I make with an answer that will be exactly what I asked for or it will be what I asked for if I knew everything you knew. Give thanks for mosquitoes. And I close with this illustration. Give thanks for fleas. Story of Corey Tenboom. You may have heard it before. Holocaust survivor who saw in her sister David's posture of gratitude and groaning. This is what she writes. My sister Betsy and I were roughly pushed into Barracks 28 at Ravensbrück, a work camp for prisoners. And as we went into the barracks, we stared at the stacks of wooden, wooden sleeping platforms that crowded into this large room. There were only narrow walkways cut between, and the platforms were three deep and covered with dirty, stinking straw. There wasn't even enough room to sit up. 
We had just arrived by train along with hundreds of other prisoners. We'd been crushed together for three days with 80 women in a freight car. Exhausted, we crawled onto the platform that had been assigned to us. But within moments, I sat up quickly and bumped my head on the platform above saying, Fleas! And I jumped down to the floor. This place is crawling with fleas. I don't know how I can cope with living in such an awful place like this. And my sister Betsy said, Corey, I think God has already given us the answer. What was that verse we read from the Bible this morning? And I pulled out my Bible from the bag I wore on the string around my neck, and in the dim light I read from 1 Thessalonians 16 to 18. She said, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. No, Betsy, this is too hard a place for something like that. No, come on, Corey, we've got to try. What are we thankful for? Her sister asked. Well, if we must be in this awful place, I'm thankful we're not alone. I'm thankful we're together. And I'm thankful that the guards didn't find the Bible you had hanging down your back, said Betsy. I nodded gratefully. Maybe we should thank God for how crowded we are in here because that way more women can hear the word of God when we read it. That's right, Betsy's eyes said. And then Betsy said, thank you God also for the fleas. No, Betsy, I can't thank God for the fleas. There's nothing good about them. Betsy said, we'll just have to wait and see. We were awakened at 4.30 in the morning. We were forced to stand outside in the cold for roll call. Then we worked an 11-hour day. We were given moldy bread for breakfast, thin soup of turnips for supper. The only thing we had to look forward to was when all of us stumbled back weekly to the barracks at night. Before we went to sleep, Betsy and I would open our smuggled Bible and read God's word to the other women from their throne. At first, we posted lookouts to keep a watch for the guards. Anyone caught with a Bible would be killed immediately. But day after day passed, and no guards came into 28. Soon we read the Bible twice a day in the morning and the evening, and more and more women listened, and no one bothered us. One day, Betsy grabbed my arm and whispered, I know why no one has bothered us in our Bible studies. I overheard some of the guards talking. None of them wants to come into Barracks 28 because of the fleas. Corey prayed, thank you for the fleas. Thanksgiving is lifted up when grace has flowed down. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Thanksgiving is probably one of the hardest parts of our liturgy for me. To give you thanks for all that you have done. Father, complaining is so much more my MO than our MO. But Father, we pray that you would help us to give thanks to you alone as the source of all good things, even fleas and mosquitoes that we would give thanks from the positions you've put us in of authority, that in our giving thanks from our thrones, it may trickle over into other people giving thanks who follow us. And Father, we pray that you would help us to give thanks even when we grieve and even when we groan, knowing that you will not abandon the work of your hands, that you will finish good 
what you started in us. Give us the grace and the strength to give thanks to the God who helps the helpless. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.